you can have a great income statement and you've got one customer that's 20% of your business, they're not paying their bill. And then at some point you may have to write that off. Right. So if you're seeing this big, you know, basically that's a use of cash from receivables going up, money you don't have mm -hmm. because they haven't paid their bill, mm -hmm. it's a big deal. Mm -hmm. uh, that's I'm Stephen King, CEO of GrowthForce, and welcome to Put Your Numbers to Work podcast. I'm excited to be joined by a longtime client and partner of GrowthForce, Chris Williams, president of Quality Lease Services. Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Stephen. I appreciate you making the time to be here. Uh, you're one of my favorite clients and why I wanted to invite you to our podcast because you really use the numbers every day um, it's almost like a hobby right it's, it's it is it's, yes. a, it's a passion and so this podcast is about getting the people that i know who are the best at financial management and financial management strategies and sharing them with people who want to be really good at it so let's first talk about what is quality lease service what do you do what's the business model the business model is that we supply housing what i call ancillary services to rig sites. Uh, so What's a rig uh, site for people? A rig site is, <laughs> for people outside of Texas, yeah. uh, it, a rig site is where they drill for oil. Mm -hmm. So typically a rig site will have a huge drilling rig. You sometimes see them as you go down the highway. Uh, and then surrounding or within a probably 100 yard proximity, there'll be anywhere from six to eight or nine houses. And in these houses, there are different functions. One could be a safety house, one could be a crew house where people sleep, and one could be a control house. So we supply those houses, and every time that rig moves, we move with them and we move our houses. So we have a trucking fleet that moves the houses, and we also take care of uh, water and sewer, which is called gray water. So we will bring uh, fresh water in, non-potable, non but it's used for showering, mm -hmm. washing, and all the rest of that. And then we uh, supply uh, a system that collects the effluent and we'll take that to a uh, uh, disposal site. So you make a little city around the rig site, so? Yeah, it, yes, there's, there, I, I don't know how many people are on a rig site at any given time, but probably a hundred and some odd. Oh, wow, Yeah, that's pretty big. Uh, so we met, uh, you were uh, brought in by some outside equity partners. Yes. Looking to, um, help with the turnaround. Yes. And so, walk, what's you talk about your background and what your role is and how how that's worked. I was called in to look at a situation on behalf of an equity firm uh, <clears throat> that was a deal that had gone south almost immediately after acquisition, uh, basically due to activity on part of the sellers that, uh, in my opinion, was uh, totally inappropriate, unethical, and a, a long list of things. Okay. But be that as it may, they had a problem and they wanted to say, is this a viable business or is it not? Would you take a look at it? The people that bought the business were in Florida, in Tampa. And so I flew out to Tampa basically to get the lay of the land. And when they acquired the business, the organization in Tampa had their own management team. So that management team based in Tampa was running this business that at the time was based in South Texas. Within about three months, uh, the acquiring 
partners decided that they would like to be able to step back from it and and we kind of knew what direction this was going to go which was eventually in the bankruptcy so i was asked to uh, come in and run the business and actually for a short while i actually owned the business um i brought in growth force uh, we had a team of probably six people doing accounting or maybe even seven at a very high cost, sure. uh, and I wanted to subcontract that, bring it back to Texas. I did not want to have the difficulty of hiring a controller and a financial team that I would have to supervise, worry about, uh, you know, what if somebody left, you know, because it's a small company, it's yeah. not exactly a career path. Yeah. So that's where Growth Force was engaged. And if I remember correctly, I think we saved you about 40% on the cost. It was huge. Yeah. Yes. So that helped the bottom line. It helped a lot. Yes. Well, and all through automation. So how do you how do you think about numbers, right? Where do you start in your view of a financial statement? And then let's work backwards from there. And you know, how do you get to decision making? You know, from those financials. Okay, I start at the end. Mm-hmm. So I start. You know, my objective is to obviously is to make money. Right. So there are so many factors that go into making money that you have to kind of trace them back. Um, so you're starting at net income. I, I start I start there. And when I go in, because I did turnarounds for many years, uh, and the first thing I would do on a turnaround situation, I would look at their income statement. And I would take it and I, I would assign, regardless of how it was assigned in the income statement, I would say this is variable or semi-variable or fixed. Mm-hmm. And then I would create my own income statement as a derivative of the actual income statement. So the numbers always match at the bottom line, but the makeup would be different. The key is that the variable expenses should track and flow with the revenue side. Mm -hmm. And that is the key to kind of controlling it. Now, the overhead side, obviously, you can look at that and say, you know, what can I eliminate from overhead? Mm -hmm. And there's usually something you can do. And and Growth Force is a good example. That's accounting is an overhead expense, right? So if you can reduce overhead from you know hundred thousand a month to seventy five, that stays with you. Right now, on the flip side, we weren't even close to that though. <laughs> but anyway, the, yeah. you know, if it's fifteen thousand to ten thousand, right. that's a third, right? Right. Yeah. So it's it's a big number. So you you control that part, and then there's there's a lot of pieces inside of that. You know, like insurance. Um, you know, property taxes, other things that, you know, that's a separate track, but those are usually one-off decisions. Right. Now, the actual running of the business consists of the revenue side and the variable expenses. So when you say variable expenses, you talk about all the above-the-line costs in, in cost of goods sold? Uh, basically, yes. Okay. Uh, I'm saying, you know, the, the theory is if, if, if you're getting a dollar in, in revenue and it costs you 50 cents, okay, then as you track up and down, that ratio should stay the same, 50% ratio. So you're looking at gross profit as a percentage. Yes. And then measuring all those above the line costs right. to make sure you're hitting your, your number. Right. And seeing which you know which ones contribute to what. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of that's the dry side of it in a sense. Uh, and when you're dealing with financial statements and income statements, you're typically getting that information three, four weeks after the end of the month. Mm-hmm. 
which it's nice to have, but in terms of affecting the business, it's not very useful. It's after the fact. It's after the fact. It's done. You can't do anything about it. So it's it's possible that you made a mistake in week one of the month that you just closed, and you're now in week seven. Right. And wish you'd changed it in week one, right? right? So week two didn't, didn't duplicate it. So... My concept is, is you go all the way back to what generates the numbers, and then you start putting those together in a format that the people that make those on-the-ground decisions, from truck drivers to their managers to anybody in, involved, so they, they kind of understand what their role is, give them visibility on something that they can do something about. Um, in real time. Or near real time. Yeah. Is that, is that like on a weekly basis? Oh, saying? yes, absolutely. Yeah. Everything goes out weekly. Uh, they feed information. The thing that's, that's changed, I've been doing this for so many years, but the thing that's changed is so much information is now accumulated electronically. Yes. So you never have to duplicate anything. It's just a matter of finding the source, putting it together, and then interpolating it in a fashion that, you know, somebody comes up and says, oh, I see what happened. For example, uh, you have to do payroll. We pay weekly. Right. We know who has to get paid what. We have to submit that information to payroll. So we know who the people are, how many hours they worked, and, you know, during a, a specific week. So that has to be put together. So that, that information is furnished to me electronically. Well, I know who's a truck driver. I know who's a service tech. I know who's admin and so forth. And I know by putting it together in a spreadsheet how much overtime was worth because you just make a calculation. Uh, So at the end of a week, so right after the week is over, within two days, you know, the manager will be able to see, here's how much overtime you ran, you know, here's how much revenue, here's how much revenue per hour, all of the things that make up you know, at the end of the day, a profit for the company, mm-hmm. and you can then take action on it. Uh, so that's real. That's really important. That's fantastic. You know, I, I, uh, I, I'm passionate about intersecting of financial management strategies with human capital management strategies. Right. And I know you've got an HR background. I do. And uh, one of the things that I really admire about what you've done at, uh, in your career and in, in this business is you drill those targets, those gross profit targets from the company to the department to the department down to the manager, right. and then you reward them with a bonus based on gross profit. If they have the gross profit, yeah. So, uh, so I, I want, you know, I, I preach this, you know, to the to the company for a long time. I want them to feel like they own the business. Yeah. You know, I don't want them to feel like they're just employed there. Right. Now, you're not going to get through to everybody on that concept, mm-hmm. but you will get through to some. And, you know, one of the things that I remember a long time ago, I went to hear a talk by Gordon Bethune about Continental Airlines. And Continental Airlines was talking about their performance targets, you know, on-time arrivals, baggage handling, a couple of other things. And they would give like $25, you know, as a bonus, quote unquote, to all their employees when they hit certain targets. And I'm thinking, you know, here's a huge company that pays these people very well. And that became a big deal for these people. So I do the same thing. You know, we have a profit, you know, two months in a row or, you know, or or I should say we're doing well. I'll give everybody a gift certificate. Mm -hmm. And that's their way of knowing, hey, we did okay. Mm -hmm. And if they don't get one, 
that's our way of questioning. Like, oh, what did, what did I do wrong? What management monitors gets done, right? Yeah. What you're doing is you're just letting everybody know, I'm paying attention and your performance it's, has helped us. Absolutely. And it's the recognition, even more so than the reward, is what the studies right. show that, you know, all right, my boss knows I'm doing a good job. And by the way, I got a $50 gift certificate. Yeah. And, they, and, and I want them to think they're part of it. I'm, I, the, to me, since I come out of an HR background, mm-hmm. I think one of my most revealing things was I was on a... Uh, a big plant in, in Connecticut and I was responsible for HR and I went out and they had a kind of a piecework system um, and I was talking to some of these people that worked on the line and then I would ask them you know what they did you know outside the the factory and you know people said well I'm an alderman you know which is like city council or something and I'm thinking you know these guys aren't just people putting things together they're people with another life and yes. they're you know they're by and large very capable smart and can yeah. contribute. Yeah. So that's always stuck with me. That was 30, 40 years ago or whatever. So let's talk about the the visuals, right? You've got non-financial managers right. on your team. And uh, do you show them charts and trends and graphs? I do. I, 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 you know, a visual has an impact. You can see something. So I gather all this information in Excel. And I've got a, you know one worksheet with several tabs. And one of the tabs is a chart. So I, the charts are generated in Excel. They're pretty automatically done because I created it that way. And I'll, put, I'll copy paste them into an email and I'll give them anywhere from three to five or six charts. He gets all of them in the Excel file also. But under each chart, I can say, this is what's happening. This is what's happening. Look at this. So he's he's able to see actual months compiled and then actual weeks for the current month. Mm. So he can look back and say, yeah, you know, I'm doing much better than I was, you know, period to date or whatever. You know, uh, in May of, of last year, I'm doing much better this May. <clears throat> but he may have, he may have posit, you know, said something to me, say, you know, I had to run, for example, I had to run the truck drivers work more overtime and we had more truck drivers because I'm increasing the staff. So I had to deadhead a lot of them for training purposes. And I said, I understand. So I understand your labor cost is going to go up for that week. On the flip side, in the following week, and I should see it, is we should have the reverse effect. Right. These drivers are now in their own trucks generating more revenue. Our average cost is going down. Right. So, so he knows that I can see it. Right. He can see it. And we'll see if we accomplished our results. And as a non-financial manager, a picture right. really makes a difference. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Just bar charts. That's a lot. And I, I, I've never heard of anybody, though, putting them into an email and then a couple of bullet points yeah. underneath exp- helping them understand what it right. said. That's brilliant. Yeah. So, so how does that translate into you know, decision-making and, 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 and you know, with your managers? And what reports are you giving them? Okay. And then what kinds of decisions do they make from those reports? Okay, let's let's take, uh, when we did the intro, we were talking about the business. There's, there's two parts of our business, actually. It's the housing side, and then we also do trucking. So we haul salt water from uh, drilling sites where it's already completed, and, you know, oil and salt water separate, and then we have to haul the salt water to uh, a disposal site. So in that instance, we have X number of drivers. Let's say we got 10 and they run this little route they go from this site to the disposal and back and forth and they put in the hours it's a 24 7 business so every every week i get a report by individual of how many you know what they what their revenue was so i can line up these seven people and feed that information back to their manager and saying this guy is making us a gross of 75 dollars an hour and this guy is making us $50 an hour. Something's wrong, you need to look into it. And if and 
I look for patterns. If it's you know, if it happens once, it's not a big deal. If it happens twice, it's kind of yeah, maybe you need to pay attention to mm-hmm. it. And if it happens three times, it's it's a trend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that's the that manager's role is to make sure that happens. Now, typically, that manager is going to say the guy showed up on time. Yes, he did what he was supposed to do. You know, ah, he might have had problems. Whatever it is. But when you present them with factual information and say, look, you know, here's a picture, right? You know, here's all these guys. All these guys are, are doing 70 or 75 bucks an hour. This guy's doing 50. Multiply his number of hours times that $20 differential. That's part of our profit. Right. You know? right. Wow. So, you know, they need to know that, understand it. It's not complicated. Right. And they do understand it. So the decision would be to invest in training. Do I change out the person? Exactly. Yeah. How do I fix that problem? Right. Yeah. I love it. Um, you know, it's interesting that I like that when I looked at your financial reporting package, you look, you look at things on a quarterly basis. I do. Uh, you know, one month is interesting. As we talked earlier, two months, if you're seeing a trend and you get three months of something, then, you know, good or bad, mm-hmm. you know, you've got something that averages out those those hills and valleys. So when you look at your P&L, you're looking, you, you the, one of the versions of your P&Ls, yes. and you really slice and dice in a lot of interesting right. ways. You saw, you know, um, last year right. um, for the year, right. then, sorry, two years ago for the year, then last year by right. quarter, right. and then the current quarters. Right. So what are you doing with that? Okay, so I take that data and I actually average it out into a monthly. So so when you yeah, look across so left to right, everything is comparable. Mm-hmm. So when you look at sales, it's average month, and uh, you look at costs, average month, and now you get a picture of you know of how the business is doing. It also enables you to forecast uh, somewhat too, mm-hmm. uh, and that goes back to the to the general manager, and he now has a a, a P and L that shows him, you know, because uh, I'm, I'm never going to, you know, quote, blame, you know, somebody for something that happened in one month because it's possible that you booked something in one month, you didn't book it in the other, whatever it is. Yeah. You know? Weather could change. Right. Or, you know. Yeah. So, so you know, but you get two or three months. And so to me, a quarter is very representative of what the company's doing. And then taking the quarter and, do, and getting it to an average Per, um, average per month right. for that quarter. That seemed to be the the key indicator for you. Right. And and what you know, I assume these are non financial managers, right? Correct. Right. So they you yeah, know, all the financing is done by Growth Force. Yeah. All, all the number tracking, all the rest of that. So we do all that, and you got the, and you've got an MBA in finance, right? Uh, I do not actually. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I I have an M- no, I don't even have my MBA. I, I went to uh, MBA school because I recognize. That with my degree in labor relations, I was woefully deficient on understanding business. Mm-hmm. So I went to take accounting courses mm-hmm. at night, you know, married, two kids, and really enjoyed getting educated for the first time. Uh, so I continued on and took all my MBA courses, and then I got transferred to Europe. Got it. And so you, just you, before I finished. You, the point is, though, you have a financial background. Yes. And so what I like, what you're doing is you're translating that financial background into number, a way that a non-financial manager can exactly. understand. And it's taking the quarterly totals, dividing them down to become a monthly average, right. and then comparing that 
month, quarter by quarter for the last year, right. and then for the monthly average for right. the two years ago. Right. That's really great. And they can also measure the person because I say, here's where you came in, you know, here's what you've improved upon, mm-hmm. uh, and particularly for the variable expenses. Uh, you know, you show, you know, variable expenses, you know, our two biggest expenses are uh, fuel and labor. You know, the two big ones. Now, fuel almost goes hand in hand with labor, uh, but labor is also heavily dependent on overtime. So if somebody's racking up, the, you know, I break out the overtime hours. I say, mm-hmm. look, you know, we're paying, you know, this number of thousands of dollars for regular pay, plus you're paying this number of thousand dollars for overtime pay. And you realize if you hire two more people, <laughs> you know, your total cost will go down. You get more work done because you're paying time and a half. Right. You know. Now, in in the oil business, it's 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 tough because particularly for the transportation side, these drivers expect to get you know 55, 60, 65 hours a week. Right. So I predicate that, right. but I, I I show the manager because I've got a little algorithm in in the weekly numbers that says you know even if we work them say 60 hours a week. You're still two people short. Mm, that's interesting. Okay. And then, and then you get them acting like owners because you've created an incentive plan around gross profit. Talk about that a little bit. Uh, well, this is primarily for for the uh, for the general manager. Oh, the general manager. Right? Um, and I, so I've got the general manager, and I've got two subordinates of his, and then you got overtime. I mean, uh, overhead and other other things. So he's he he is based on the. Uh, Basically EBITDA, and then I I jump up to the gross profit line, and for the two other managers, I take the financial information and say this part revenue is yours, and this part of the expenses is yours, and this is where I expect you to be. And I try to explain to them. I said because the numbers are for one manager, it's like sixty three percent gross profit, the other maybe fifty one. But I say, look, you know, don't think that we're making a ton of money because fuel's not in here. You know, all your overhead, your salary's not in here, a bunch of other stuff. But this is, you know, and then I show them. I said, look, if you had run at that number, you would have generated this much more, basically, profit. Yeah. Uh, and by not running it, you know, we actually lost this much. So they're getting, you know, bonus on that on that differential basis. And it's not big dollars, right? It's no. 250 bucks. Yeah. And, yeah, but it makes a big difference. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I because it drives the kind of behavior you're looking right. for. Yeah, and I want them to pay attention. Yeah, I don't want them to you know, live the detail. I just want them to know right. that information's out there. Right. When management monitors gets done, so if yeah. you're monitoring it and they're monitoring right. it, that's what everybody's going to monitor, yeah. pay yeah. attention to. The other thing I liked in your package I've never seen before was the way you use the balance sheet. You've got a sources and uses column, yeah. which I thought was really innovative, right? You know, so most of the CEOs that 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 we work with, you know, they know their income statement. Right. N- most people don't know how to read a balance sheet, <laughs> and, and and your background in turnarounds, you know, that's you know brings a unique perspective. Tell me about how you use your balance sheet. Well, it's, it's interesting you say that because I was one of those people. <laughs> I'd look at the income statement and disregard the balance sheet. The balance sheet's important. Uh, let, let you take the most basic example, uh, which is accounts receivable. Mm-hmm. You know, you can have a great income statement and you've got one customer that's 20% of your business. They're not paying their bill. <laughs> and then at some point you may have to write that off. Right. So if you're seeing this big, you know, basically that's a use of cash from receivables going up, money you don't have mm-hmm. because they haven't paid their bill. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the same thing's true of accounts payable. Uh, accounts payable goes up 
yeah, that's great. I'm using the cash, but I got to pay the piper at some point. Mm-hmm. So, so you do have to try sources, and, and it's I said with Excel, so many things are easy to compress, so that you get a picture in very. Yeah. And then if you want the detail, just go backwards. Expand it. And what's nice yeah. in in QuickBooks, yeah, you know, you can exp- export the reports with <clears throat> the collapse and expand capabilities right. in there. Right. So it's real easy yeah. to you know collapse. And what I like here is what you've done is you got your balance sheet by month. Right. And then you're. It looks like you're taking the last three months right. and the year to date, right. and you're calculating kind of the change in the asset group or the right. liability group, right. and then putting in a column that's got sources of cash and a column that has uses of cash, right. so that you can actually see what the where the cash went. Right. So, so. Um, and that's more for just just for me, I, I, you know. Yeah. Because I'm responsible for that. Nobody yeah. else is really, you know. Yeah, but cash is king, right? Right, if you, if you absolutely. Don't, if you don't have the cash flow, yeah. then everybody suffers. Right. And I thought it was really interesting, you know, for the, for the audience to see the, 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 the categories that you broke it into. There were nine of them. You know, obviously cash goes up and down as either a source or use of cash. Right. Receivables, uh, you mentioned. Operations is kind of the operating balance sheet accounts like your prepaid expenses and your um, your leasehold improvements you know stuff that you had to use cash right. for right um, uh, inventory uh, fixed assets like furniture fixtures and equipments and then the that's the the um, goodwill intercompany and uh, depreciation those are all the assets right. that you track separately I've never right. seen anybody kind of summarize the balance sheet as a cash flow, I mean, obviously the sources and uses of cash is about the comparative balance sheet. Right. But this way makes it really easy to quickly see. Yeah. And then on the liabilities, you you know, it's easier. You have payables and you have the um, debt and then finally, you know, equity. So, right. you know, it's a nice snapshot. What do you do with that information? Well, in our situation, we don't have any debt. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Uh, it's it's I, I don't use it as much as I do in a turnaround situation because in a turnaround situation, uh, you may want you may have a batch of assets that are basically not any good for you. I know I've gone through plants and 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 looked at their inventory and looked at the inventory on the shop floor and realized that this stuff hadn't gone anywhere right. in years. You know, and and I, one of the approaches I take when I was doing this as a consultant. I would go to the owner and I would say, "Would you rather have, you know, five million dollars in cash, you know, or would you rather have this business for five million dollars and struggle with it?" And make him, you know, look at that basic decision mm-hmm. uh, and and realize, you know, that, you know, if you had five million dollars and you put it in the bank at two percent, you you wouldn't have to worry about it again. Right here, you got five million dollars. And you know, now let's say you know you decide you're going to go lease another warehouse or do something, buy more inventory. You know, is that really what you want to do? And a lot of them say yes, and some of them, mm-hmm. you know, think twice well, about it. It's a great, it's a great use of the balance sheet. Yeah. So I applaud you for that because yeah. I, you know, we've been uh, haven't talked about the balance sheet much on the podcast. Yeah. And when I saw your sources and uses on the same spreadsheet yeah. as a balance sheet, yeah. I thought that was a very innovative way. Yeah, because again, you know, when you say when you just look at the income statement, you lose sight of a lot of stuff. Yeah. You know, you're repairing trucks and you're capitalizing that and you're doing some other stuff. You don't see that. Right. You know, especially the receivables. Right. So um, you're a client of Growth Force. Yes. And um, 
I'd love to just you know share some of the stories about how we help you increase your revenue, improve your cash flow, and lower your risk. Good. Uh, what I like about Growth Force is I deal with largely the same people. Uh, very responsive. I was talking to Chris Munoz a little early year ago, and we were joking about. You know, I like that they get back to me because it's easier for them and it's easier for me. Yeah. <laughs> because I don't want to, I don't want to be calling three times to yeah. get an answer. And right. typically, what I want to know doesn't take but a few minutes, right. you know, to do it. So I don't like somebody putting that in their to-do list and say, "Well, I'll call him back." You know, Thursday, Thursday. Right. Yeah. yeah. I just and if you hear from me, if I get back, to me, you don't hear from me again for a long time. Right. right. So you know, you're happy. I'm happy. It all works out. Yeah. Uh, so I, I like that part of it. The other part that, uh, and I'm a big proponent of that, I also use staff leasing, is I don't want to have to worry about the fiduciary side of that business. You know, if I hired my own controller, and I've gone in again, going back to the turnaround, I remember talking to an owner of a business that, you know, my bookkeeper was my most trusted person in this organization, and she embezzled half a million dollars. Happens all the time. It happens all the time. It does. Uh, and and you just you know that's that's a that's a dicey situation. So you don't have to worry about you know having somebody that maybe is good, and then you know a year later, year and a half later, they quit. You know, then what do you do? And you know, so I like the continuity, mm-hmm. and that's obviously you know your concern is keeping that continuity. Mm-hmm. That's something I don't have to worry about. Yeah, so it's perfect. Yeah. And you know, we do that by trying to recruit for behavior. Yes, not skills. I right. can teach you QuickBooks, right? But I can't teach you to be passionate about small business accounting. Right. Yeah. And then um, investing in their career. So Chris was a bookkeeper. Right. Got promoted to a staff accountant. Right. Now he's your accounting manager. Yep. And, uh, you know, we got 6% turnover because people don't leave. Yeah. And um, so, um, and what do we do for you? What's the, what's, what's the most value? So you, you had some magic words at one point. You said, you know, what I like is I'm driving down the beltway and I got a question <laughs> and I can, you know, get an answer. Tell me about that. Um, I, I can't think of the specific example, but I, I travel to our location, which is south of San Antonio, on an average every 10 days, maybe once a week, you know, but uh, so I've got, you know, three hours of windshield time coming and going. I'll do it in a day. And, you know, I just dial up. I'll talk to Chris. I'll ask him spe- some specifics about something maybe that I'm going to discuss when I get there and maybe about it. A payment history, and maybe about you know somebody else had called me about something, and you know it's solved, it's done. Yeah, and so so, so you're not calling into a contacts call center. No, no. Somebody's researching it. It's like having an accounting department down the hall, but you don't have to pay for the hall. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, and and you know we've been doing this together for five years, maybe. Yeah. 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 And. You know, I think we're both happy with relationships. Very much so. And what I like is, you know, we're an a la carte menu of services, right? Yeah. So your business has gone up. Our fees matched it. When right. business went down, we cut them in half. Right. So you turn accounting into a variable expense. I did. <laughs> right? Yeah. Instead of having to fire a controller, right. we just right. say, okay, let's take that yeah. out of scope. Yeah. Um, what, do we, what, do you, what do we deliver to you? And then what do you do with the information? Well, obviously, the biggest part is you handle all of the invoicing. So we create what we call field tickets on site, and they those come to Growth Force, and eventually those become invoices, and then receivables, and then and then payments. So from the time it leaves uh, the office in in South of San Antonio, 
growth force is responsible for it. And, and one of the things that the particularly like that we've been doing a little bit more of is, is chasing down, you know, receivables right. that haven't been paid, number one. And number two, uh, because we give a lot of information in a, uh, what we call daily, daily sales worksheet, they will say, hey, you know, you show this as having been done, but I haven't seen the field ticket for it, so I haven't created an invoice. Oh, that's great. And that's what's called open invoices. Yeah. And uh, the people on site know that that's real important. Yeah. <laughs> and they get ridden real hard yeah. if they don't do it. Do we reach out to them directly or we let you know? Uh, both, actually. Okay, I, I'll, I'll get copied on it and I'll see it. So, for example, I'm going to be going there tomorrow. There's uh, some from two major oil companies, you know, it's, it's not, you know, some people's definition of huge numbers, but it's over ten thousand dollars. You know, we did the work, you know, eight or ten weeks ago, and we haven't yet invoiced it. Mm-hmm. That's bad enough that you because we have to pay everything every day, weekly. Yeah, so we got to pay our fuel, our payroll, you know, all the, all the major expenses. By the time we finish doing that work, if if our, our manager or whoever's in charge of it doesn't get the ticket signed for another four weeks and then they take you know up to 60 days to pay i think we got most of them down at less than 45. you know you there's a long back to your cash flow issue you know that's that's a long span so that's how we help you improve cash flow how do we help you increase profits the profit side is something that's uh probably a a little more difficult uh, for you guys because what I do is I rely on your income statements and I you know when I get them I will have questions I will call Chris or Mark or whoever you know happens to be one of your teammates you have three person team right and I'll say you know why is this you know here Uh, I'll give you you know let me finish this thought so I have I get two financial statements Two income statements and two balance sheets, but let's deal with the income statements. So I, I take that information, I, I cross check it because I do this yeah. to make sure I take the last two months or the current month and the last month to make sure that the last months are the same because I don't want anybody to ever change prior period. A, a prior period adjustment. Once it's closed, it's closed. Uh, and those always match out. And then there may be a question about you know, why did this go into this specific category? Because it's showing up on my variable costs and that and it's showing up as an aberration. So I'll go back to the GL, I'll look stuff up and I'll figure it out. Do you go to QuickBooks yourself? Uh, I do not. It's all, they send me monthly, they send me balance sheet, income statement and general ledger. Mm-hmm. So from that, you know, I can, I can probably find anything I want. Right. But for example, most recently, uh, our manager, who I'm in t- tasked with, you know, really uh, the expenses that are done by credit card, you know, he said, well, that, it doesn't look right to me. It was a variable expense on, on, on supplies. And so we went back and looked at it and there were some expenses uh, in there. Actually, they were being offset in fuel that, you know, were, was, was an expense that generated revenue. So we, we had to clarify that. And that's, you know, there'll be maybe three or four instances of those a year. Adjustments uh, a year. Well, that's but, not bad. Yeah, it really isn't. And and uh, so we communicate on that. But, but what I'm able to do, and <laughs> so there's, if, if, for those listening, if you don't know uh, a, a sum if or a count if or... Uh, those are kind of the or V lookup. Those Excel. are kind of my three Excel uh, go tos formulas. Yeah. Some if V lookup and count and if. Count if. Yeah. yeah. 
So let's take county. If I get a report from rig data, it's electronic report, it's in Excel, uh, and it shows all the rigs in uh, East and West Texas. Well, in my summary, you know, I have the counties divided into Eagleford, which is our market, Permian, which is we have some stuff in a Permian and, and everything else. So each week I can just go in because I've got the county names. I can do count if LaSalle County and give me the number of rigs. Right. <laughs> so I, so now instead of the manager having to finish, you know, go through that, he can look. He said, look, you know, the rig count has been going up in LaSalle County or whatever county it is. And then we go back and find out. And I noticed that on your P&L that you give to the managers, yes. that's the top row. Yes. Right. What's the average ring count? Right. So that's the driver of your business. Right. Number of rigs. Right. And then you work backwards from there. Right. Well, this has been outstanding. I appreciate uh, you taking the time and sharing all the knowledge that we um, that uh, the non-financial managers no. uh, need. Um, any other words of wisdom? I think you know one of the things that, that I, I think works well is a lot of this data you can put into a picture in a chart, which again it's fairly easy to do. Yeah. And when you send that chart to somebody, it's a it's got a visual impact. It's different than looking at numbers. Yes. It's like bam, you know, here's this bar that only goes up here and it should be up here. Trend. And here, if I look backwards, they were all up here. Yeah. So we're big on the KPIs and the yeah. and the trend lines and show the budget versus actual and right. the direction, both actual month by month and right. trailing 12 months. Right. So you can see side by side. I'm glad you mentioned that because, yeah. you know, for non-financial managers, that makes yeah. it all real. It does. Yeah. Well, thanks for being a client and a partner. And uh, thanks for sharing all your knowledge today. Enjoy it.